my name is Julie Turney, and this is the HR Sound Off Podcast Show, the show created for HR and business professionals to discuss pertinent topics and trends as it relates to our professions. We're going to have amazing conversations with HR professionals from all over the world, get to learn their origin stories. How did they get into this profession? What do they love about being here? And how they want to set the record straight on that one misconception that really drives them crazy about our profession. Are you ready? I'm ready. Then let's sound off. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the HR Sound Off podcast show. How are you doing today? I hope that you're doing well wherever you are in the world listening to this episode. My name is Julie Turney, and I am your host. Remember, the HR Sound Off podcast show is created by an HR professional for HR professionals, magnifying HR voices. And today I have the pleasure of magnifying the voice of Alex Seeler. Did I say that right, Alex? (laughs) <laughs> it's Siler, but um Siler. Okay. Siler. <laughs> Siler. But you were so it. you were so close. You were so close. <laughs> awesome. Alex, it's a pleasure to have you here today. How are you doing? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you having me. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who is Alex Siler? How did you get into HR? And what is your current role? And what are you doing right now? Sure. Um, so um, I have a bit of an unusual accent, and that's because I, I was um, I come from many different places. So I believe in all things diversity, first of all. So my mother mm-hmm. is British um, and my father is Swiss, but I was born and raised in Hong Kong. Uh, and I moved to. Yeah. And I moved to the U.S. almost 20 years ago, It'll be 20 years this coming January. And um, and about almost 19 of those have been in um, in the HR people field. I was one of those people that literally just fell into it once I got to, um, to the U.S. Um, but honestly, looking back, Julie, it was one of those things where um, looking back at like things like high school, I did a you know, I did an A level for the people that for the people that are listening to understand the British curriculum. I did an A level in yeah. business studies, mm-hmm. um, and um, I got a hundred out of a hundred for HR. And then, you know, when you did those personality wow. or psychometric tests, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it always came up HR as well. So looking back, maybe I was predestined to be in this field, but I didn't really know that at a younger age. Um, so mm-hmm. um, yeah, I fell into it coming to the U.S. I was only meant to be in the U.S. for a year, ended up working um, at um, Citigroup, um, and they ended up sponsoring me um, to stay on. And from there, um, you know, I basically um, started my trajectory in the HR and people field. And then about in 2010, I got my green card sponsored by an employer. And um, and now I'm, a, you know, I've been a permanent resident here. And I, I've, ha- I've been blessed to work in so many different industries. And currently, to go back to the first part of your question, I'm the chief people officer for a for an organization or firm called GHJ. We're about a 230, 240 mm-hmm. accounting advisory firm that operates um, nationwide in about 27 states. We've really grown a lot during the pandemic dispersed workforce. Mm-hmm. And I also act as an advisor to three different startups. Um, one's called Change Engine, another one's called When Insurance, and um, the other one is called Kindred Mind. So, you know, I don't like to sleep that much, Julie. You know, I just like to... Um, uh, 
<laughs> so so that yeah that's that's me today um but yeah i've had you know i've really mm-hmm. had the pleasure of working in so many different industries and it goes back to i think why diversity right. of all sorts is so important to me and i think i've learned from each industry mm-hmm. and um and that's that's helped me apply my knowledge to each new organization i've joined awesome thank you so much for sharing your story yeah I think that's so interesting, you know, being born of parents with different nationalities in a different or um, country, um, but ending up where you are now and living where you are now. Um, what would you say is the biggest learning that you have had throughout your HR career um, that really has set the tone for who you are today as an yep. HR professional? Yeah, it's a great question. Um I think for the longest period of time, and I used to get this a lot earlier on in my career and a lot of um, performance evaluations and as part of my feedback is I was very self-critical of myself. Um, And um, part of that is I was really, I call myself a reformed perfectionist, you know, so um, I really, yeah. And so that took a long time to really realize that, you know what, I can't get a 10 out of 10 every time. I've got to be comfortable with an eight or nine if I'm actually going to push things out. And so one of my Mm -hmm. mantras with my team as a result is progress, not perfection, you know, Um, because I really believe if you try to make everyone happy, you'll actually end up making no one happy. So um, that, no. So that's been a big, big one for me. And I think the other one was the end I think a lot of the lessons I've learned, I that's why instill into my team is don't make assumptions, ask the questions. Because I think earlier on in my career, I even mm-hmm. made an assumption about what the HR profession was like. And until I was really in it and experiencing it, um, I, I really mm-hmm. learned what it was really all about. So it's a learning to not make assumptions, ask the questions and always get the context. So those are really stood the test of yes. time for me as well. Yeah, I love that, you know, especially where it comes to asking questions. I think that that's so important for us as HR professionals. A lot of times we either make assumptions or we feel like, okay, this particular problem has been presented to us, we have to just fix it. Instead of getting curious and asking questions. And I think that that's one of the biggest um, misconceptions for me when it comes to HR. You know, while we we are there to support, partner, we're also there to coach, mentor, guide. And with coaching, guiding, mentoring comes asking questions, right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think to your point, Julie, that's why I'm such a big context person, because you can't really help the business solve a problem if you don't have the context. Like you need to know what happened in the past in order to provide the best solution for the future and moving forward. And I think sometimes when leaders come to me and say, you know, just start telling me about a story that I have no context or background to, I'm just like, okay, let's take, let's take a step back. Like, I need to know where this originated from because you're not going to get the best out of me if I don't have all the facts and information at my fingertips, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I absolutely agree. And I think that that's so important um, when it comes to helping us as we develop our business acumen um, as HR professionals as well, which I think a lot of us 
still need to do a lot of work on when it comes to to developing our business acumen well let yeah. me ask you this what is there what's what's happening in the hr space right now that has you really excited and happy to be in hr it's a great question. Um, you know, I think what uh, I think what really has me excited because is for one thing the importance or focus on wellness and self care in particular. Um, mm -hmm. I think for the pandemic, you know, sadly we have to reference that because it's true. Is the pandemic taught us a lot about the importance of of self care and wellness, and I don't think that companies put as much of a focus on it before that. Now, it's sad that something like that had to happen for that to become a focus, but I'm glad that people are starting to pay attention and recognize that if they want to retain, you know, high-performing employees, they need to be thinking about and talking about mental health. They need to be having psychologically safe conversations. They need to be creating the space for that. They need to not be looking or thinking about marginalized communities in a very narrow way or narrow viewpoint, you know? Um, so I like the fact that we're actually not just talking about these things, but we're starting to take action and realize that people have opportunity to go wherever they want now. Dispersed workforce and environments have allowed for a lot more flexibility um, and choice. And, you know, in the past, you know, internal mobility was a, you know, potential, you know, blocker to people being able to take certain roles. But now that's not the case with so many true remote opportunities out there. So um, that's what excites me mm -hmm. in particular, um, that there's things that have come to the forefront and the role that the people function plays has really um, dominated that conversation. You know, again, it's sad that it took that to happen, but I'm glad that people are waking up and saying, you know what, we can't do this without enabling our people. And that comes from having a very thoughtful and, you know, progressive, innovative people function to work with. I love everything you just said, especially <laughs> as you talk about having a progressive, innovative people function. I think that that's so important. Yeah. But let's unpack a little bit of what you said. Yes. Um, health and well-being and self-care in the workplace, I think, is so important. And as you said, unfortunately, the pandemic caused us to think differently about how we handle the well-being of our employees in in the yeah. workforce but i i really do i feel excited just like you about that fact that organizations have recognized that you know well-being matters we can't have people dying at their desks and we don't know who they are or how long they yeah. were there and you know where yeah. detached from their their personal lives and that they're just living to work instead of working to live mm -hmm. and i also love the fact that organizations now have become extremely thoughtful about the family dynamic. Um, so when we think about, you know, employees during the pandemic who were dealing with aging parents, either mm -hmm. living with or finding a way to cope with aging parents through the pandemic, or, you know, going through adoption, having lost yep. loved ones as a result of the pandemic, um, there's so many different dynamics at play. And then the people who are 
who, who weren't in relationships, didn't have children and were home alone, struggling with their own emotions and mental health um, that were now finding and taking opportunities to support everyone across yeah. the organization. And that it's not just tied to therapy or it's yeah. not just tied to an EAP program. Yeah, like it's, agreed. There's so much more to it, right? Yeah. I think one of the companies that really excites me coming out of the pandemic would be, I think, Aeon. Mm-hmm. Aeon was one of those companies that actually went out and hired a chief well-being officer mm-hmm. who specifically focuses on the well-being of the employees. Yeah. And I applaud Aeon for doing that. And I think some of the things that they came up with in terms of just giving, you know, like small vouchers for people to go and buy stuff that pertains to their own self-care whether it was they went out and bought an amazon gift card or you know they bought a con a new console or control yeah. for their video game yeah. or yeah. airpods new airpods like <laughs> that to me is like super thoughtful because you're thinking about what do people really need right yeah versus yeah. you know giving us giving employees a bunch of stuff that they don't really need that they actually are listening yeah. to what we need Agreed. And I would say, you know, that's part of what I actually love about GHJ. And what I love about what you said is what I say a lot. I think for people earlier on in their HR career, like most careers, right, people are focused on the tangible things like higher compensation, right? They're not very much, they're not tied to culture. But as you grow in your career, the intangibles that the people that you surround yourself with, the culture, they become so much more important, right? And Mm -hmm. what I love is we have the philosophy at GHJ of being more, not doing more, but being more, being the best version of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And whatever that means. And to go back to your point, like I'm actually currently speaking to you from England, from my parents' house, because, you know, my mother is not my mother is not healthy right now. My dad is her primary caregiver. And the fact that I have the flexibility to come here right now and work for a week or week and a half um, speaks volumes of GHJ and that we, we put the actions behind our words as well. And, you know, the other thing that you mentioned when it comes to why I think it's so great that wellness, well-being is such top of mind and so top of mind is I've had mental health struggles in my career and I feel like it was a derailer at one point, but you know, Mm -hmm. it's important to acknowledge that because you, until you take care of yourself, you're not going to be able to, to look out and care for others. Right. Um, and, And yeah. And so, and the other thing we do is also, I'm excited that in July we're closing for a week, um, the week of July third for Wellness Week. So everyone's going to be out of the office. Nobody's got to come back from for and have emails to deal with, right? Like you do on PTO. Um, so it's a way mm-hmm. for people to decompress. And as you said before, like it's all about knowing your business. I work in accounting now. During their busy seasons, they're working sixty to seventy hour weeks. So once they're out of busy season, they need time to just disconnect, right? So, and, and so having that sort of quote unquote forced time off to disconnect um, and focus on your well-being is so critical now. 
Yes, absolutely. I love the fact that you just, you know, shared your experience in terms of where you're located right now and why you are there. And that's, I think, really important for us to keep top of mind in our organizations that we are dealing with aging populations. Yeah. And that means that our employees are dealing with aging parents. And yeah. also, you know, we're going through our own things. But you have, you also touched on my one of my favorite topics and the reason why I do what I do mm. um, as an HR coach. Um, when it comes to well-being in, H- in HR, I think for us as HR professionals, a lot of times we're so focused on the well-being of others in the organizations, we forget to take the moment to step back and take care of ourselves. And I yeah. think that that's one of the biggest pet peeves I have when it comes to the challenges in HR, right? Yeah. We spend so much of our time working, creating all of these great plans and strategies for the business, for the people mm-hmm. in the business. Yeah. And we often forget that HR people are people too. Yeah. And our mental health suffers tremendously. Yeah. T- would you mind just like sharing a little bit of where you made the switch when you recognize, look, I got to yeah. take care of myself. I can't keep pouring into and not pouring back into myself. Yeah, um, absolutely. I went through a period of, um, honestly, just obviously depression and anxiety. And I think the other thing was at one point, as many of us do, I had a sense of imposter syndrome, right? And I think what compounded it was, um, in the past, I worked for bigger organizations, right? And um, I think, and frankly, at this stage of my career, I'd only probably work for smaller to mid-sized organizations because I feel like that's where I can have the most impact, you know? Um, and you can see, I feel like I see more impact there. And I always struggled if we, ha- if if I had to do something, I didn't know why I was doing it or having to follow a certain predefined way of doing things. I felt like I was failing mm-hmm. because because it wasn't the way that I would do things, right? And so that really got me really anxious and demotivated um, and frankly scared because I was like, they want me to do it a certain way. This is not the way I do it. And I'm scared that I'm not going to be able to satisfy them with with how whatever I'm going to put out, right? And that's when, yeah. to your point, it activated mm-hmm. in my mind that I need to be somewhere where and it's not, maybe it's a control thing as well. I don't know. But it, it was also like, I feel like mm-hmm. I need to be able to drive the sort of process that I know will work, but is not somebody yes. else's preordained way of doing thing. And I think that was really the big shift for me and why in my last mm-hmm. two roles in particular, I've gone from, I've gone and realized that I really love transform i know it's such an overused word but transformation i love transforming yeah. and changing um people functions for the better right um and what was so nice was honestly julie when i came into this role part of my mandate was we've never got hr or people right um we've had a lot of band-aid solutions no long-term strategy and i'm like ding 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 you're saying long-term strategies that's what i'm all about And so to go from where I started at the end of 2021 to now this year, we won an award 
at Transform at the Transform oh, Conference for yeah for for best employee experience of the year. Seeing that 180 was nice. just you can imagine just huge mm -hmm. as well. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact that you recognize it started with you. Yeah. Understanding what you want out of your career and what you want out of a job, you know, that you're working in. Um, and I think so many of us get that wrong. So what would be your advice to HR people who are out there listening to this podcast right now in terms of if they're struggling with imposter syndrome, anxiety, frustration in their HR careers, um, how do they turn it around? What would be your advice to them? Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, what was so important was a few things. Finding or developing community, um, whatever community looks like for you. Um, I always say I have my own personal board of directors that I turn to, um, mm -hmm. and they really help kind of level set things for me. Um, you know, and even as, as much as finding your best friend at work, I met mine at City um, 18 years ago and was still obviously close today, you know, so finding that community is yeah. super important where you can feel like you can be your authentic self and also brainstorm because a lot of times people have gone through similar experiences. And if you're willing to be open and vulnerable with them, they're going to do the same thing right yeah. back to you as well. Um, I think okay. the other thing is really putting trust in your team. I believe in a team within a team concept where everyone on my team knows enough mm -hmm. about each other's role to be dangerous, but also it builds camaraderie, right? Which is so huge as well. I also say, trust your gut. So when I've got it right, I've listened to my gut. And when I got it wrong, yeah. I ignored yellow or red flags in my career. So um, yeah. I'd say those are really the big ones to be on the lookout for. Awesome. I love all of those. Thank you so much for sharing yeah, that. Absolutely. Especially the trust your gut piece. I've been doing um, some research on, you know, when we say things like follow your heart or trust your gut and what that really means and learning that there are connectors from our brain that also sit in our gut and also in our heart. So a yep. lot of times when you are thinking or feeling like something in my gut tells me this isn't right, the right thing to do, or this isn't sitting well with me, or, you know, I'm going to follow my heart on this. But the yep. fact of the matter is we do have those same receptors in our brain sitting in our heart and our gut. And that's why we, when we say those things, we're actually moving with intention because yep. we do have connected from our brain in our gut and also in our heart as well. So yeah. I, I totally believe that. And also, I am a huge fan of community. I believe that community is everything and that you'll find the right people in your community that can help you and support you as you yeah. navigate your HR career. Yeah. So, yes, thank you so much for sharing those. Of and course. congratulations to you on winning that award. That's fantastic. Thank you. And thank sure, you. No. I'm sure yeah. More awards to come for you as well, Alex. <laughs> I, I hope so. And and to your point, the other thing I will add on community is I encourage my team and anyone out there that's listening to develop your community and your brand early. I think the yeah. big mistake is yeah. people wait too late. 
right? They become very insular to their own teams within their own organizations. And I just encourage Mm -hmm. you to break out of that and obviously leverage your team, be close to your team, but that doesn't have to be your only network as well. So don't leave it too late is the other thing, you know? Yes. Yes, I agree. And I also love your point about knowing enough about what your team does enough to be dangerous but enough to be able to collaborate and, you know, really appreciate what each other does. I think all of those things are what helps to make a great team. So sounds to me like you're an awesome leader and I, I, I'd love to work under you any day. I want to ask you, (laughs) so let me ask you um, this question. What are you reading, watching, listening to right now that you think our audience would appreciate? So a couple of things. So first of all, I'll touch on in terms of like, since we just talked about community, um, the first thing I am regularly connected to is um, CPOHQ. So for okay. um, for people who are fellow chief people officers that are listening, if they're looking for a community, I've loved being part of CPOHQ. It's a great forum and network mm-hmm. to share ideas, best practices. They have fireside chats. And as you know, Julie, the CPO role is a very lonely one. And so that is a place where in particular you need community. So that's a forum that I'm very active in. Um, number one, as mm-hmm. far as, um, as far as reading, um, first of all, I get a lot of inspirations and ideas and thoughts from the people I follow on LinkedIn, um, including the likes of Josh, Josh Burson. And I'm, I'm in the middle of reading his book, mm-hmm. Irresistible right now, um, as well as follow Adam mm-hmm. Grant. Um, and then, yes, um, at love Adam Grant, right? Um, and then yes, there's actually yes. in in the spirit who doesn't, right? Exactly. And then in the spirit of um, Mental Health Awareness Month, um, I'm actually about to order a new book um, called The Anxious Achiever that I just read about um, and heard about. Mm. So it's how you could really flip the script on anxiety and turn it into a superpower. Um, so. So that's one I'm about to order. And then there's one that I would mention that I think, Julie, based on what you shared, you might be interested in. And it's going to be an interesting title. Um, but a friend of mine, she actually writes a weekly newsletter. Um, she's a fantastic people practitioner. Her name is Heba Youssef. And she writes a weekly newsletter called okay. I Hate It Here. Um, and... Okay. Um, yeah. And it's wow. basically a, it's a, I know it's a usual title, but it's meant to be a safe space going back to your point for HR folks who may feel burnt out and need like a jolt or a bump. And how can we help each other build that community and lift each other up? Um, so it can be viewed a little bit like HR therapy in some regards. So, you know, if you feel like you've really been really through like it that. and maybe go, and you don't know where to turn, it's such a fantastic newsletter yeah. for that as well. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing those. Yeah. I would definitely be checking them out. And I highly recommend to our audience, I'll include them in the in the links in the comments um, when we release this episode for sure so that everyone can check them out. Thank you for sharing that. Of course. So the big question, Alex, <laughs> what is the biggest misconception about HR that really bothers you that you want to set the record straight on right here, right now? Yeah, 
Ooh, there's so, so many, many right? Julie, right? That could be its own, that could be its own episode in itself, right? Um, I know. You know, I mean, I, I think that first of all, I think it's that the fact that people don't really always firstly understand how much of a driver it really is to the bottom line. So the, you know, companies and organizations that say, oh, it's a back office function, it's a middle office function, that drives me nuts, frankly, because the thing is, what people forget is, if you don't attract and get attraction, engagement, development, or retention, right, that is wasted dollars right there. So, yeah, which will hit your absolutely. bottom line. So I don't think that people really recognize the importance of the people function until there is a fundamental issue. Um, and so that's yeah. a misconception, right? Because sometimes these things do have inherent costs associated with them. Um, and the companies that yeah. are smart and being progressive and thoughtful about it, they recognize that. And I would just recommend to companies that aren't looking at it that way to look at it from that perspective. Yes. That is another um, soapbox that we could sit on all day and talk about that. <laughs> right? Nothing riles me more. Yes, for sure. Nothing riles me more when I hear that. Um, yeah. Because I just think it's, I think it's disrespectful to our profession, number one. Yeah. And it really shows me it's a clear red flag that you don't understand who we are and what we do. Correct. And do yeah. I really want to spend the time educating you to understand who I am and what I do and why it matters to your organization? Or do I want to just keep it moving and move to another organization that will get it? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. And that and that goes back to your point of what we were saying on gut as well. Like you'll be able to tell quickly whether an organization really yeah. understands and values what you do by the actions that they take, not just the words that they say as well. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I, I 100% agree with you. I want to ask you last but not least, Alex. Yeah. If you had to give advice to your younger self now starting out in HR, what advice would you give yourself? I would say, and it probably goes back to the perfectionist in me, is, or the reform now being a reform perfectionist, is give myself some space and grace is really what I like to say now to myself, is I'm not going to get it all right. And that's okay. Um, and Mm -hmm. there, and growth isn't linear. Um, there's going to be bumps because there was a long time that I was really angry at myself for not moving parts of my career along as quickly as I told myself that I should. Um, and so those things Mm -hmm. really, those things really, um, stand out. And I think it's because I also placed a lot of emphasis on comparing myself to others and where they were. And I stopped doing that and just said, I need to focus on where I am and where I need to be. And that was really important. Yeah, absolutely. That's super powerful as well. My, my mom always used to say, and I mean, teach me, you know, comparison is the thief of joy, Julie, just 
stay yeah. the course and focus yeah. on what you're doing. The moment yeah. you start to compare yourself to others, you become unsure about where, who you are and where you stand in this world. And you have a place because you're here. And, yeah. and that was super powerful to me growing up, you know, having yeah. that drilled into my head. So yeah. I absolutely um, agree with you on that. And, and I love that advice that you've given. I hope that our audience appreciates it. And all of the gems that you have dropped here today, Alex, you have survived your time in the sun. <laughs> I really appreciate you for, for being here today and, you know, sharing your insights, your knowledge, your wealth of experience and your time and your story. Um, because it matters. And that's why we magnify HR voices right here on HR Sound Off. Could you tell the beautiful people who are listening to this episode yes. today where they can find you on social media if they want to learn more about you, if they want to become a part of your community? How can sure. you do that? So the best place is I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, I like to share quite a bit of content on there. So um, I am Alexandre, um, actually the French spelling. So instead of um, E-R, like Alexander, but R-E at the end. Um, so I'm Alexandre Seiler, okay. S-E-I-L-E-R. So um, that is okay. the best place to find me. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. What's next for Alex Seiler? Well, it's funny you should say that, Julie. So um, honestly, <laughs> I'm contemplating writing a book. That is a potential thing that I'm looking at. So, um, my nice. mother wrote, my mother wrote a book that she never published and we both have that writing gene or we find it very cathartic. And, um, mm -hmm. so, um, that's right. something that I'd like to do in the future. That would be really cathartic and special for me. Um, and something I'd like to honestly, right. um, just, you know, dedicate to her as well. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Awesome. So we'll look forward to seeing and hearing more about this book when it's released. And I'm sure you'll send me my copy so that I can read it and interview you. Of course. <laughs> I will. I will. Of course. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Alex. I really appreciate Thanks, it. Wishing you all the best. And I hope that your mom is on a, her way to a speedy recovery. Um, but I'm so glad that you've got the opportunity to have the flexibility to take care of her in this in this particular time and season. And I know that all good things, all will be well. Thank you. I appreciate you and I appreciate those words as well. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of HR Sound Off. I hope that you found it useful. You can find this and all of the episodes of HR Sound Off on all major podcast platforms. Spotify, Apple, Amazon, you name it, we're there. Remember, HR Sound Off is created by HR professionals for HR professionals. If you would like to share your story, then reach out to us and let us know. Make sure to hit the notification bell and subscribe to HR Sound Off on YouTube as well as Podbean. And we'll see you again when we next sound off.